In a world of podcasts about movies, sci-fi, TV, and podcasts about sci-fi, TV, and movies, two women chose to add their voices to the fray. Two sisters. One woman was willing to go to any length to explain away plot holes and bad pacing. I don't think, first of all, much like the entirety of this film, I don't think we're supposed to ask a lot of questions. The other, though, had no such sympathies. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. Together, they joined forces to highlight the good, the bad, and the truly bizarre. This is See You Next Week in Space. Ah, 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 Christmas without you. You remember that song? Yeah, of course. I was going to do the little, like, uh, whatever the, uh-huh, like, uh-huh. backup. The, yeah, the, that was what I was, but I couldn't remember it right away. I was like, I was like, I was, I was like, oh, there's, I know there's a little backup thing, but I can't get it. Um, and I'll and be then I, so blue just thinking about you. I love that one. Yeah, I love anyway. that song. If you watched uh, the Elvis movie, though, he did not like doing the Christmas album. That Christmas album. I didn't watch that movie in part because an English guy played Elvis, which I felt was stupid. Um, <laughs> and I kind of don't really care about the life of Elvis. And especially now I That's won't fair. watch it because I quite like his Christmas album quite a bit. <laughs> um not the part where that, like, there's, because the second half, he does all the weird, like, gospel-y Jesus ones, and I don't like those oh. ones, but I like yeah. the ones. I don't remember like ever rock. listening to those ones. Yeah. No, I think, I think maybe we home, only listened to the first half. Those got turned off. Yeah, those got turned <laughs> off. Uh, I didn't even know that, that other is, half existed, honestly. I kind of didn't either until various COVID Christmases when I was decorating my tree myself, and I would, like, stick it on. And then these weird god ones would come on, and he's like, "What is this? What is this? <laughs> what is this? This, is, this is not and then the I was original." Like, and then I was like, mm, "We'll just uh, switch over to Nat King Cole Christmas now because I don't want this <laughs> at all." Um, yeah, but that is not actually the question I was going to ask as the opener to today. Um, But it's kind of related, I guess. Which is, do you think that there is like a a historical era that you most associate with Christmas time? Oh, that is a good question. Um, (sighs) that's hard because I feel like in movies. I feel like in movies, it's, like, the 50s a little bit. Like, I feel Mm -hmm. like there's, like, the vibe of, like, but maybe I'm just thinking of Christmas Story. (laughs) And I don't even know if actually that's supposed to be the 50s or not. Um, I think that's actually, like, the late 40s based on some of the cars and clothes that people are wearing. Oh, okay. Okay. So, but for me, it's, like, the 90s. (laughs) Mainly because, like. Because that was when Christmas was the most exciting to me. And that's like the Christmas Ah, movies that like, and also the Christmas movies, you know, like Home Alone and your Santa Claus and all that. It's like, those are like the best. And, um, 
Yeah. So for me, I think I feel like it's the 90s, but I know that's not the correct answer. <laughs> I mean, I don't think there is a correct answer, but I was just curious because this movie posits that like the 40s is the like the Christmas. 40s is some kind of like super meaningful like Christmas time or whatever. And then I was yeah. like thinking like I don't necessarily think of the 40s as this like super like oh this was when Christmas was really Christmas. Yeah. Moment, well, it's like well they're you know? Yeah, and in this movie, there are, like, reason for, like, certain things. Oh, I can't wait to talk about certain people in this movie. But, like, (laughs) a certain, like, reason or justifications of, like, why, like, now is terrible and back then was, like, superior is just kind of odd. Like, Well, and I'm not even sure that is – that's the thing is with this movie, I'm not even sure that is the thesis that they're arguing, but we can talk about it. Yeah, there was just, like, like, the one part when they were talking about, like, the decorations, I feel like. They were like, oh, the decorations on the gazebo. Yeah, (laughs) I know. I mean, that whole thing. That whole thing is the stupidest. Um, Yeah. But, like, What about for you? What what time period would you say for you, like, if folks Yeah, I mean, the thing that I think is, like, if there is a quote-unquote correct answer, which I don't really think that there is, but... You know, Mm -hmm. like, oftentimes a Christmas movie is set, like, a lot longer ago. Like, Victorian era, you know. That's true. Christmas Carol style. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Um, And so, to me, I'm like, if if there is a time period that's evocative of Christmas, it's not 70 years ago. It's, like, 170 years ago or something. Yeah, that's probably true. That's probably um, the best answer, I would say, in terms of, like, because what is the most popular and or redone story of all time surrounding Christmas? It's Christmas Carol, so. Right. Yeah. I mean, and as well, like, even weirdly, because I think you mentioned this before, that, like, sometimes you think of Harry Potter as Christmas movies. Yeah, true. And when they do their, like, Christmas section of those movies, it's also kind of that old-timey thing as well. Yeah. You know, like in the you know, robes also, and the whatever. Yeah, and also, you know what, certain... <laughs> this is going to sound strange, too. But certain places are also evocative of Christmas, and I think England is one of them. <laughs> because <laughs> Just England is all Christmas all the time. Kind of. Like, right <laughs> when I think of... When I think of... <laughs> when I think of... I think it's, like... The climate, you know, kind of, it's a little bit like cozy and dark and they've got like little cabins and it's like, it looks really cute with a Christmas tree. I don't know. I just feel like British people are very Christmassy. Is that like a terrible thing to say? I don't, it's not a mean, I don't mean mean, badly. I I think there are worse things to say, um, but it maybe is like vaguely racist. I don't know. Is it? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't mean it I racistly. Mean, I just mean like no, I feel like I the countrysides, the countrysides are kind of like it's like a peaceful. I don't know. There's something Christmas Christmassy about it, and I think other places, obviously in the U.S. too, different places are more evocative of Christmas because of climate and whatnot. You know, like right. I don't when I think of Christmas, I don't think of California. When I think of Christmas, no. I don't think of you know the desert or whatever. Florida. But like, oh. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> when I think of anything, I don't think of Florida. Um, but, uh, if, yeah, I just, mm, I don't know. 
Yeah. Um, well, so that, I feel like that's another piece in the Harry Potter movie of why it feels Christmasy, yeah, which is because yeah, they're British. Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Um, well, hello, everyone. Welcome to See You Next Week in Space. I am Sarah Walsh, and I'm here with my co-host and sister, Amy Walsh. And you may find yourself wondering, what kind of Christmas nonsense have we brought for you this week? Uh, since last week was just such a real turd of a whole thing. Um, let so me tell you, Amy, let me tell you the, okay, sorry. <laughs> no, well, tell us the thing you were about to say, but also why don't you tell everyone what we're talking about this week? Yeah, the difference, the difference in my enjoyment, <laughs> it's, probably, <laughs> it's, it's probably embarrassing based on like, I think like critically people would, uh, would uphold what we watched last week much higher than this. <laughs> I think but, so. I think we can safely say that's true. <laughs> but for me, the enjoyment level was like off the charts different. Like I fully, <laughs> I would never, I would not say that I loved this movie, but like I loved all the the dumbness of it. Like I, sure. I, Anyway, uh, we watched a movie, a Hallmark movie from yeah. 2016 called Journey Back to Christmas. And Indeed, we did. Wow, oh wow. It is something. And I, so right up at the top, um, I will say that this movie was a bit hard to source in Australia. So, oh, sorry. No, that's okay. Um, I did find it on YouTube. But the problem, oh, you did? Yes. The problem with the YouTube version that I found was that it was never in focus. <laughs> it was always blurry. Oh. Wow. And you know what's so interesting? Wait, but what's so interesting about that is that that is sort of what Hallmark movies look like. Like, I <laughs> not blurry, not blurry, blurry, because I don't know what you're talking about with that, but like, there's a soft, really soft focus that they do sure. in Hallmark movies. No, this was and like, it looked like it kept, like it wasn't fully buffering at any time. Oh. Like that's what oh, it Oh, that sucks. Like. But oh. that combined with what I know to be true, what you're talking about, the soft focus lens, was like a yeah. very hard situation wow. for me oh, sorry. to be dealing with. But that being said, I too enjoyed this movie more than last week's movie. <laughs> Even... Even when I could barely see what was happening, I was like, "That's yeah, a, this is better." That's a that's a scathing review on Brazil. Just and, in case anyone was unaware, but also because like Brazil, I also found on YouTube, and that was like with such razor clarity. Somehow, I'm it was shocked like, that one was on YouTube. It was actually. like stabbing me in the eye with its clarity, and this was like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, who knows what this is? Like, who well, cares? Also, you know those, you know those special Hallmark movies. They can't let those go out for free. I'm sure that is part of it. I'm sure that there's. I, I'm sure I could have found it if I had really done deeper digging in Australia, but I would have had to pay for a service because, like, almost everything here has been super. And this is even before anything. This has always been true. They have like kind of two massive telecommunications companies that super locked uh, down um, uh, content. And so I'm sure I could have found it, but I would have had to like literally like subscribe to something uh, to get it. Oh, that's um, intense. Yeah. yeah. And it's not worth all that. Let's be real. Like it's it great, definitely but it's isn't. not worth I all that. I did not 
I did not want to pay even one red cent for this film. Oh. Which let I let me didn't. be clear, I did pay for it, but like, um, oh it, I no, mean, why? Yeah. Well, because I couldn't find it for free anywhere, so I just, like, rented mm. it on Prime. I mean, it wasn't okay. like, I didn't buy it. I'm not going like, to go back and watch it, although I would probably. But, like, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I won't. Um, but, um, yeah, that was the only way I could find it was for, like, yeah, $3.99 or yeah. something. Yeah. Um, so just, everyone, so you can get a, a taste of what we're about to dive into, the IMDb description of this film is... A World War II-era nurse is transported in time to 2016 and meets a man who helps her discover the bonds of family and that the true meaning of Christmas is timeless. So you heard that right. She goes to the future to find the spirit of Christmas, not to the past, which is what you might imagine to be and what also, would do. And I'm going to be really honest. Like, I didn't get that from this movie. Like, I didn't get... <laughs> I, as much as, like, all the, like, good things I just said, like, I didn't get her changing much in this. Do you know what I mean? Like, I didn't. No, I don't think there was, I would say no. I didn't see her, I didn't see her getting there and, like, being super anti-Christmas and, like, oh, all of a sudden now, like, do you know what I mean? Like, I didn't get that journey. (laughs) No, I mean, it was pretty slight, but then literally this entire movie's whole thing is, like, very slight like the gazebo thing is nothing like the the quote-unquote conflict is nothing like oh my god oh my god I can't wait to talk about the random lady who's so angry um oh she's such a bitch all the time oh she's so angry about like absolutely nothing and I loved it (laughs) like but but I also well the reason why everything was kind of nothing in this movie is because it's also like 84 minutes which listen god bless I love but (laughs) It, but it does mean, like, they don't have time to, like, everything is just like, yeah, yeah, we talked about that, you know? I like, guess. I mean, fair enough that this is a short movie and they needed to make sure there were space enough for commercials. But, like, <laughs> I'm also, like, then just cut out some of these weird side things that never get developed and just that's true do more with this. <laughs> and then that's true. Maybe we could have had something. Now, here is a true first for us as a podcast. There is no Wikipedia article about this movie at all. I don't find that shocking though somehow. Like I I feel like because Hallmark puts out so much content, I feel like if there was um there's just like not even time to go through and like make the pages for each one of these. Do you know what I mean? Like, I there's know. Just- yes. Cause this was the, when I was trying to find information about this, I did find an a Wikipedia article that listed all the movies that Hallmark had made in 2016. And it oh was my God. a lot. It was a and lot. And that's just one year that yes. they're, they, they crank them out like literal, like drugs. <laughs> I don't know. And like they Yeah. And this one is what I did notice on my like YouTube version of it, which was clearly like somehow like pirated from TV at some point <laughs> because the commercial breaks were still sort of there. Oh, um, were they? Oh. Yeah, like so Candace Cameron Bure appeared at the beginning and end of the movie saying, "Welcome to like our 12 days of Christmas kickoff Ugh. or whatever." And that movie, this was some movie like where it was like 11 of 17 that had been made for Christmas that year or something. Oh my Um, God. 
But I would have expected some slightly more coverage on this simply because of the cast, which was like kind of real people, famous people. Yeah. So we'll talk about the cast. Um, And while there are a lot of people in this movie, you do not need to know all of them. Um, No. the, The main person you need to know is a character named Hannah, who is played by a 40-year-old Candace Cameron Bure. Um, this is, of course, the woman who was once a girl who played Donna Jo DJ Tanner in Full House. Mm-hmm. Um, she went on to marry Canadian hockey player Valerie Bure when she was 20. Um, and they remain married, which is intriguing. But I think that's because of her concerning evangelical Christian situation. Okay. Okay, I just have a few things to say about her. I did not pick this movie on purpose necessarily, but she <laughs> has been in the news this week. I don't know if you've seen it. Oh, I have not. I've my news feed has been quite a bit more somber than what. Okay, it, well, it's not great. Out. It's not great. Okay. Um, so I am a huge Full House fan, and yes. I knew that. Uh, I'm not sure our listeners necessarily knew that. <laughs> I don't know if that's embarrassing, but don't care. Um, yes, I am a I'm a big Full House fan, and what I will say in short is I would take Jodie Sweden over Candace Cameron any day. Now, with that said, what I mean by that is Candace Cameron has come out; she no longer works for Hallmark, and has gone over to I don't know if she's creating like her own network or some Christmas other thing Empire. that's, that's going to, yeah, that's going to be like cr- more specifically Christian. And, oh, um, Jesus. she, and she was quoted as saying this channel or this, whatever it is, will be more focused on traditional marriage, quote unquote, traditional marriage. So people got pissed Yeesh. clearly. And yeah. cause, cause that's not even coded. We all know what that means. And right. then I thought the part that was even more irritating to me, that was bad enough then her, I thought her response to the backlash that she received from that was even more obnoxious because she wrote this whole post that was like, if you know me, you know that I love everyone. And if you made fun of me on the internet, I love you. If you call me bad names, I love you. And it's just so sad that the media has twisted this to be blah, 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 blah. Anyway, it was just like this whole thing of absolutely no accountability, just like I'm so nice and I'm going to respond like this. Um, and like, ooh, ooh, I'm so Christian <laughs> and Ugh. I just, you know, it just turns my stomach. So I'm definitely not a fan of hers in the slightest at this point. And, um, I did think that I did as watch, as I was watching this, I was like, she's not a good actor. Like no, as much as I, no, I, I enjoyed this movie and I enjoy the, the silliness of it all and the Christmas of it all, but she's not, she's not that good of an actor. No, she isn't. And I think that's why the reboot, well, it's part of the reason why the reboot Fuller House I didn't really come to anything. Not a fan. Fair enough. Yeah, well, appreciated that you kept us up in the current <laughs> debate on that. Yeah. Um, unsurprisingly, well, despite whatever we think of her talent, um, mm-hmm. she went into TV movies pretty much as soon as Full House was over. And yeah. has remained there very firmly ever since. Um, and the first ones she was in were not Christmas ones, but actually kind of those great ones that I don't know if these still get made, but they must get made in some capacity called 
things like no one would tell. And <gasps> oh my God. Wait a second. I've absolutely seen her in those. Wait a second. Those are the best. <laughs> yeah. I did and love Night that. Scream. I, Have you seen her in Night Scream? Ooh, I don't know what that is, but I'm definitely sure I saw her in one where it was her and Fred Savage and he. Ooh, um, that sounds great already. Yeah, I think he assaulted her and it was like. Oh, he no. Was, yeah. <laughs> No, it's definitely like it was definitely like a dark one, but it's like he's supposed to be like, ooh, the jock, oh, like the great, uh, yeah, yeah, okay, like okay. he's the like beloved guy in the school, and he assaulted her, and like no one believes her, you know that type okay. of thing. Yeah, 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 great. So that's where she yeah. starts out in the TV movie realm. Her first mm-hmm. Christmas movie was in two thousand and eight. So like she actually does these kind of like wow creepy ones for ten years or something before. Yeah, because she was kind of, yeah, because I think that, like, time period in terms of, like, her age worked, because that was, like, all of those, I feel like, were very, like, melodramatic teen type of thing. Teen and, like, (laughs) Or, like, young. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, So the first Christmas movie, 2008, is Moonlight and Mistletoe, and she's gone on to do a number ever since. Um, She also (laughs) is in something that seems to be a hallmark, like, TV movie series maybe is the best way to describe it um called the aurora tea garden mysteries uh which i think i've mentioned before um in some capacity or another um so that's her whole thing Hmm. um her i i don't know that i would call him a love interest but the (laughs) the male protagonist in this movie is a character named jake who's played by a 40-year-old Oliver Hudson. And I realized, I think if we... We might have talked about him on this podcast recently, or if not, in regular life we talked about him, because he is the brother of Kate Hudson. Yeah. And the adopt... And the son of Goldie Hawn and her first husband, Bill Hudson. Yeah. Um, I don't remember. I think maybe we were talking about that off-air sometime, for whatever reason, I don't remember. Okay. Yeah, so... I, I do not recall why we're talking about the Han Russell family, but we were, <laughs> and this came out. And then, I, and then I was like, oh, we were talking about this just recently, and now here's this guy. Yeah. And I knew that I recognized him, but I couldn't quite figure out from where until I looked more closely at this. Um, he was in a number of episodes of Dawson's Creek back in the mm-hmm. olden days, which I don't think meant anything to me, but then he played the dad. I definitely remember him in, from that. Oh, see, I remember him from, because he played the dad in Scream Queens of one of the characters. Um, So I remember him from that. So that's a more recent Mm. thing. Um, And then he's now in some show called The Cleaning Lady, which looks to be Hmm. one of those, like, prestige, like, high-end drama kind of TV shows Hmm. where I think, I think I've even seen a trailer for this where it's like The Cleaning Lady is this woman who, like, cleans up like body dumps for the mob or something. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. That sounds that sounds something familiar. Like, like I've at least seen the yeah, I've seen like the cover art for that or something. Yeah. Yeah. So he I think is seemingly doing fine career wise. Mm-hmm. Um despite this I movie. like him. I <laughs> Yeah, I like him. I mean again, it's so funny. It's so funny in movies when like people that you know are capable of being good sort of are like bad and then 
it's like, well, then it's the material's fault, clearly. Right. And I think that is what it is. Like, it's very hard. Yeah. And I think the truth is, is like, when anyone enters into the realm of Christmas movie, no matter what (laughs) caliber of actor that they are in other movies, the whole thing comes down, like, ten matches at least. Like, it's just a whole other thing that we're doing now like last yesterday in fact at my friend's birthday party I was mentioning something about Christmas movies or maybe I was even talking about this movie I can't remember for sure but like then we were talking about this newish Christmas movie called Last Christmas which has Uh, Amelia Clark in it yeah Uh uh-huh love it (laughs) yeah um, yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's perfectly fine as a, as a Christmas movie, perfectly fine. And like has really good production value and like really good people. Like I was reminded mm. as we were talking that Emma Thompson is in that one and stuff. And yeah, and yet, and yet for all that it's good and for all that it's based on one of my favorite Christmas pop songs, last Christmas by George Michael, um, <laughs> for all that, when we were talking about it, I was like, this is the stupidest thing I have ever heard. Like, just yeah. so... Well, yes, yes, yes. Also, the fact that, like, I love that you just said, like, the movie based on the pop song. That is a crazy premise for a movie. <laughs> like, I know, but it is. is. That is why... I that know is, it is. Someone but- said... <laughs> George Michael's song Last Christmas is really popular. Let's turn it into a movie. <laughs> That's what someone did. Um, I know. But is this... T- anyway, I could talk about that movie now. I haven't watched that in like a couple of years, I think. But I, that was... It's and that's not one of that those old Christ- either. It's like only yeah, no. recently released anyway. And that's one of those Christmas movies that sneaks up on you too where like you think it's one thing. I don't know. Maybe I'm stupid. But like you think it's one thing and then all of a sudden it gets sad. Yeah, well, I mean, that one takes a turn. This one does not take yeah. any turns. There's no, nothing this one, no, no, no. Here. Um, no, no, no. But I just think in general, like, even when, like, that's what I'm saying with this one, with Oliver Hudson, with anybody. You you sign on to the Christmas movie, and you're like, mm, okay, well. Uh, this is a paycheck. <laughs> what, are we doing? what are we doing here? Okay, I'll yeah. do that. You know, <laughs> it's, like, yeah. very, like, bottom of the barrel of your acting yeah. abilities is what I would say. Yeah, um, and I like I'm okay with it because I think like even the best it is true like even the best Christmas movies like what what would you say is like the, like like top tier Christmas movie? I'm not even sure. But like even the best ones are like schmaltzy in some type of way. And yes. like Oh, for sure. Yeah. Is it, so yeah, that yeah, is just like a different level. There's just something about a Christmas movie where like, yeah, the acting is at a different level, the like reality factors at a different level. Like it just it's very funny. Actually. Oh, reality is out of the window in a Christmas movie. Reality does oh. not exist in Christmas movies. I can't wait and to tell you I can't wait to tell you the question that Isaac asked me about this movie, what my response was. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I mean, and that's maybe why technically any Christmas movie could be selected by us in this podcast because, like, we are not dealing <laughs> There's with no reality, reality when we are in yeah. these movies. Um, so returning to the cast, the, there are only two other people who kind of matter. Um, there's a character named Sarah who's played by a 34-year-old Brooke Nevin. 
Her first credit was in 1997 in the good old TV series Goosebumps. Um, I love that. She must be Canadian. Her then. first Christmas, she is. Um, her first okay. movie uh, was her first Christmas movie, I should say, was in 2004, and it was called Very Cool Christmas. I don't know what's that. <laughs> love <about>. it. <laughs> Um, she's done a lot of TV work, especially, again, this becomes very clear that she's working, um, in Vancouver. A lot of the stuff is like Canadian TV shows. Um, Mm. and again, I think a lot of the Hallmark stuff in particular is shot in Canada. I think I knew that from previous stuff. Yeah. Um, Because they have to shoot so much. Those, they need somewhere where they can like be there basically all year. Yeah. And I think actually there's even a Canadian town that has gotten kind of like the, informal name like Christmas Town because like one of these places like Hallmark or Lifetime or whatever just always shoots films all their shit there movies there yeah that's hilarious um, this is a bit for you she was also in a movie called Her Secret Family Killer and Whoa. I don't know what that like does she have a secret family that gets killed does she secretly kill her family Mm-hmm. Does her she find out her is, husband has a secret family and she kills them? Whoa. So the, many options. There's a lot of <laughs> ways that could go down. Yeah. Um, and then finally we have a character, Tobias Cook, who's played by an 83-year-old Tom Skerritt. Um, and I'm happy to report Tom Skerritt still alive uh, as of nice. his taping. Um, and I quite like him. I was very excited. My very first note on this in my handwritten notes was Tom Skerritt exclamation point. (laughs) I was like, I was hoping he would be a bit more of a thing in this than he turned out to be. Yeah. Um, but But he's clearly like the old wise man. Like I feel like there always needs to be like some old wise man in a Christmas movie. Yeah. Yeah, um, but we actually talked about him because he was an alien long ago. So oh, we actually talked about okay. his career before. Um, okay. So let's dive in to this movie. Now, is this a good time to start with the question Isaac, Isaac asked you, or should we wait? It's It was about the ending, so I, we sh- I guess we should wait. Okay, we'll wait. Okay. Um, so <laughs> diving right in, quite liked this. The credits don't exist in this movie. Like... There are no credits, but I did like that the title of the movie, Journey Back to Christmas, was written one letter at a time across the screen. That's always a nice touch <laughs> when it's like written like it's a child's school production that you take. Um, and it is. I mean, it's like it was giving yeah, me no, a lot of no, the vibes like- of like when you and I did school productions and then we would get the tape of it. And then there yes. would be like a, oh my God. a title superimposed on top of it. That's what oh, it oh like my God. Do you, oh my God. Do you remember? And like, I remember those and when they would actually do like a little like uh, credit sequence, like with people's like characters yeah. names and like a little like them. I thought that was like, oh my God, we're famous because we're in this like <laughs> credit sequence that like this random 25 year old like edited in their basement on a VHS. Oh my God, that's so Correct. funny. That is what it looked yeah. like. So that's what it looks like. So then we start out in Tobias Cook's home and 
Tobias gets some kind of a letter. We don't know that his name is Tobias at this time. So far, it's just old guy Tom Skerritt getting a letter. And Do we ever know what that weird? letter means or says? No, we never know. But he he looks off we into never the distance knowingly, but we never find out yeah. what was in this letter. So I don't know Here. why that was even shown. No, um, I don't either. <laughs> next, uh, we move into a movie theater where people are watching a newsreel about the VE Day parade. I think that's what it's supposed to be depicting anyway. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's talking about soldiers returning from Europe, la-di-da, Hannah. Does it say we're in 1945 at that point? Does it say that on the screen? I can't remember. I don't think we're ever actually told 1945. Oh, really? Oh. I don't think we're ever told that. Oh. We we can infer it based on, they do keep saying she's come to 2016. And they also say that the comet comes every 71 years. But they don't actually say... That she's in 1945. Oh, okay. So she okay. runs out in tears out into the street because she's been watching this newsreel. And her friend Dottie comes out after her and apologizes. And she says, I didn't know that there would be a newsreel, which um, is patently ridiculous because there was always a newsreel. Like, is that, well, that was like a normal thing. Yeah, there was always a newsreel like before the movie because people didn't get news except on the radio. Like there was always oh. a newsreel. So a particularly so like her during friend lied active to her. war time. So I'm like, mm. I don't know why she would be like, I didn't know there was going to be a newsreel. I'm like, that doesn't make <laughs> any sense. Um, then we learn that Hannah's husband has died in Europe. Um, it's unclear kind of when she got this notification, but it it's, yeah. seems like it had been kind of a while, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. And so because of this, she feels um, quite without purpose, to which her friend responds, even the smallest stone makes a ripple in the water. And what I love about this actor who plays Dottie <laughs> Mm-hmm. is she says, she delivers that line. Like, she really believes that's a saying that exists and that everyone knows it. <laughs> everyone knew it in 1945. Everyone knows it in 2016. This is a known phrase we all talk about all the time. Meanwhile, <laughs> I'm watching this and I'm like, I have never heard that phrase in my entire 41 years on this planet. <laughs> like, I haven't I either. I mean, is. it's... It's not wrong. I mean, it is true, but I've never heard anyone say that in, yeah. And even in the context of what she was talking about, I'm not sure I get it. In the context of the movie, I get it. <laughs> but I right. know, I'm well, not sure. Like, thing. It's, the movie is setting up this thing, which again, it only barely returns to by the <laughs> yeah. end, which is... right. Hannah feels as though she doesn't have an impact on the world. Um, yeah. In part because she, like she tells us later, she has she basically has no family except for her husband. Now her husband's dead. She has no kids. So she's just like, what is my, like, what do I leave to the world? And in that sense, it's a bit kind of like, George Bailey in yeah um 
it's a wonderful life. Like, what does my life even matter, you know, to the wider yeah. network of things? And so this in a this movie kind of is a riff on It's a Wonderful Life, I guess. Um because she gets to see what what her like legacy is yeah. in time. Um mm-hmm. meanwhile, they start walking through town. And they stop by the town gazebo, because um, that's a thing. Mm-hmm. And everyone is decorating the gazebo for Christmas. Um, and they all talk about how there's this big storm coming that night. But as well, um, they're a bit concerned because they're afraid that the storm is going to obscure their ability to view what's being called the Christmas Comet which is supposed to be visible that night. Uh Um, And that night only is the Mm -hmm. implication with this. Um, Mm -hmm. So so that's, again, pay attention to this Christmas comment thing uh, for later. Um, (laughs) They then, then I think this must be the next day. I think this is the next day. Uh, Hannah shows up at the hospital because she's a nurse at the hospital and then her different friend, who looks almost exactly the same as her other friend, and I didn't know anyone's name. I I've was had to confused. Piece this together yeah. Afterwards, <laughs> I was confused about that too. Um, Julia uh, shows Hannah that she's gotten engaged, uh, and then she introduces her to her fiance, who is a soldier who's just come back from Europe, um, mm-hmm. and then. Hannah takes their picture, which will be important for later. Um, She then goes around to the kids' ward to read to a little boy named Toby. Um, But Toby isn't really interested in whatever book she's reading. Um, He's mostly concerned because apparently because he broke his arm, he's in the hospital and this is like a nice break from being in the orphanage. He normally is in. Um, again, important for later. Uh, mm-hmm. And then he wants to talk to her about this Christmas comet. And this is when we learn that the Christmas comet comes every 71 years. And for whatever reason, in this movie, they're calling this, while well, like they're, it's kind of colloquially, colloquially known as the Christmas comet, the official name is the DeVico Comet. They say this a number of times mm-hmm. in the movie. Um, now, that's mm-hmm. nothing. That doesn't mean anything. There is no DeVico Comet. But what I did learn Shocking. from Googling, yeah, what I did learn from Googling is that there is um, a series of astral bodies known as, uh, like, Comet there's an interesting nomenclature that I don't fully understand how to say properly, but basically there's like a comet series of comets called DeVico. And they're called that because they were identified by a person with the last name DeVico. And they come every 74 years. Um, So this movie wasn't that far off. (laughs) Uh, They do not come at Christmas time. They come in October. Um, hmm. what was lame. also included in the, what? I just said lame that they don't come at Christmas. Oh yeah. They didn't do their homework properly. <laughs> um, 
What I also learned while I was researching comets, which I didn't expect I would do in the context of this <laughs> particular movie, um, was that the way this comet functions in this movie is not how comets really are. Um, and actually, this might be sort of re- relevant to coherence as well. Um, typically, when comets are like in proximity to Earth, they are visible and like trackable for like a long-ish period of time. They don't just appear for one night and disappear again. Like they can oh. be tracked. Oh, interesting. For like quite a while. Yeah. Um, I feel like most movies or maybe I haven't seen a lot of like <laughs> truthful science fiction, but like I feel like a lot of times the, like the idea of a comet is like it's a quick passing thing and uh, I'm trying to remember yeah. like – there's a thing about comets in that in maximum overdrive. There's a whole deal about comets. I remember, um, and I can't remember if it's there supposed is? to be short or if it is. is it, I, really? Yeah, in that movie, that's like why the machines go crazy is because there's like it has to do with like a comet passing. Oh right, you were telling me about this before. Yeah. Um. So according to the research I did on this movie, the comet as it is appearing in this movie is actually more like a shooting star that everyone can anticipate when it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, So they talk about that. They talk about the comet. They talk about miracles. Hannah basically (laughs) seems like a real sad sack loser. Um, And she then... I mean, she cries so much on. in this movie. She she does. She cries a lot in this movie. And I got to a point where I was like, okay... She's really not fun. Now, I don't no. know how I would react to jumping 71 years into the future. Maybe I would be similarly a bummer, but she is not fun in this movie. No. Um, and so anyway, she, in her haste to leave the hospital before she has to go to the Halloween, not the Halloween party, the Christmas party, um, she leaves her camera with Toby. Also, remember this for later. Um... So then she does like hightail it out while her coworkers have a Christmas party because she's too sad because what she wants to do is, and this is not a joke, go to her house and look at pictures of her dead husband all by herself. That's what she wants to do uh, with her time. Um, I just, yeah, she's such a drip in this movie. She... She really is. Like, so unfun. Um, So she's in her house looking at pictures of her dead husband when what should pop through the door? A dog. through the door? Yes. A dog. Um, A golden golden retriever. Um, She discovers it's a collar, and it's called Ruffin, which is, like, the weirdest dog name on the planet it is weird um and because they could have chosen anything it doesn't matter that it be this weird ass name to make it like quote unquote more (laughs) reliable Uh, um so she tries to call the owner um but again we get a bit of a gag of the past because she tries to use her phone but it's a party line so it's already busy with two other people talking. What the hell does that mean? Oh, so these this was like 
I don't know how long they had party lines for, but basically what it was is like when telephones were becoming more mainstream in the U.S., um, mm -hmm. rather than having your own specific line to your house, they would run a common line like down a city street or like into a neighborhood. Oh, that's a horrible everyone, idea. Everyone linked in to that. Oh, um, wow. That's really dumb. <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, I guess it. you would never be able to use the phone, I feel like. Well, that was the thing is I think probably like in a different circumstance, she would have like if, for example, you were having some kind of like a problem or emergency, you would pick up your phone. Yeah. And that's the thing. It like it immediately connects. So you pick up the phone and you say to whoever's on there, you've got to get off because I need to call a doctor right now. You know, like or something. That's like wild. That. Like, but otherwise, yeah. And otherwise, yeah, you would wait and be patient until it was like. And you would turn. sit on their phone call? Yeah, you could hear. Well, you, you heard. You heard her over here, like town gossips, gossiping away. Yeah, it's true. That's so wild. That's like so, so wild. And and people now, think about that. Like all the people now who are so up in arms about privacy and stuff. Oh, that's hilarious. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess we've, I think we've talked about this before, but not maybe on the show. Like privacy seems to be a fantasy in any era, but. Yeah, um, I guess so. This one is, this is mainly just to show people like, look, what was wild about the forties kind of thing. That is wild. I have um, not heard of that. And that is something yeah. that is like, seems very primitive. <laughs> yeah. Well, cause they're also supposed to be in this small town. Like I yeah. think it would have been like, if she were in New York city or LA, you know, then yeah. I don't think this would have been the thing, but in small yeah. towns, this was still very much the more common way to deal with things. Um, so sense. because of this, she decides to take the dog herself because the dog's uh, collar says the address where it lives. So mm -hmm. um, she drives through the storm to arrive at Ruffin's house. She returns the dog to this family. Um, they're really grateful that, they've, that she's returned this dog. Um, and then because the storm is coming, they're like, uh, you know, can we invite you to stay the night? Um, rather than try and drive back in the storm. Um, again, like Hannah is so like miserable and sad and maybe I should be more kind, but she like straight up is like, no, I'd rather be home alone looking at pictures of my dead husband. Like, I mean, I'll be, I'll be honest though. Like maybe you. I'm, <laughs> maybe I'm a bummer, but I wouldn't really want to be with strangers like either. No, I mean, I know there's a bit of a weirdness to it, but I think if I had taken, if some kind of series of weirdness has happened where it was like <laughs> a very big snowstorm is coming and it's like already snowing now, uh, why don't you just hang out I here? I wouldn't want to get I stuck at someone's house. Like, I wouldn't want to get snowed in I at know someone's that, house. I mean, that's also, that's also a consideration is like, what if you get snowed in and then you're stuck but with she these also, people, I guess. But the other thing she said that's silly is she said she lived pretty close. Like, she said she lived, oh, I'm just over on, like, Elm Street or whatever. I, I don't know how far that was supposed to be, but I would have well, maybe right. just walked I mean, like, if I wasn't able to yeah. drive. Or just hang on to the dog to the next day or something. Oh, like, def I, well, there's the real truth. I wouldn't have bring the, brought the dog back. <laughs> yeah. I'd be I like, oh, great. I have a new dog. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're particularly like, you're a bit of a pet 
taker, I feel like. Oh, um, okay. Not, which is, I don't mean kidnapper, but when you see <laughs> what I might describe as a loose pet or a loose animal with pet potential, you seem to snapple <laughs> it up pretty quick. Uh, that Based might be on true. your cat preferences is all I'm saying. Based on your history with cats that I am familiar with, that seems to be a thing that you do. That might be true. And I definitely, in this scenario, like, okay, I'm not going to steal these people's dogs and a dog indefinitely. But if it comes to my house in the middle of the night, just I'm going to keep it till the next over. day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, she drops off the dog. These people's young daughter, Clara, starts to cry in the background. So she takes her leave. Um, again, think of this for later. Baby Clara. Important. Um... As uh, Hannah is driving home again, she skids into a snowbank, um, and she seems like maybe she's somewhat like discombobulated by this crash in some way because rather mm -hmm. than walking home, she like wanders to this shed in town like it's not clear to me if the shed is also next to the gazebo it seems like maybe it is i don't know i yeah i have a lot of questions about this shed this whole the whole shed scenario but yeah continue yeah the the town shed is there she finds her way into it the town shed okay. i don't know Sorry. i don't know i don't know I mean, either it's, it makes no i have sense. lived in the thing is, it's like I've lived in small towns and nary have I run across a town shed. Not and, once. And definitely not one that's like the same one 70 years later. But anyway. No, certainly not. So she comes into the shed and I, this I kind of missed maybe because it, my version of it was blurry. But she's like in the shed looking around and somehow she gets knocked out and falls down. Yeah. I don't remember getting that either. I think it was just like she got pushed over by nothing. I don't, I really don't remember. <laughs> or she just. Oh, like, I yeah. fell. Whoops. <laughs> yeah, that is sort of what it was like. It was, there was, I don't recall, maybe like a wind, a gust of wind, but she's inside. I don't know. I really don't remember it was, how. It was very weird. So she gets knocked out, uh, cut to the next day, or what we imagine to be the next day. Mm -hmm. Um, Hannah wakes up in the shed and attempts to get out through the door, but now the door is locked. Mm -hmm. So she climbs out of a window. Um, and when she climbs out of the window, she drops her purse inside the shed. This will be also important for later. There's like so mm -hmm. much, this will be important for later happening <laughs> in this. Like literally every scene is like, remember this for later. Well, um, I mean, I knew I knew when she dropped that purse. Like I was like, "Oh, we're gonna come back with that." Clue. But I was like, "Bitch, wouldn't you yeah. realize that you dropped your damn purse?" One would imagine you would, but at the same time, she maybe is still a bit foggy because she comes out of the shed and starts walking around um, as if it's. This is a weird scene to me because the Very way she looks weird. around at the world. I would almost believe more that she is like a Martian landing on Earth yeah. for the first time because well, but also the, everything also the stuff, is super confusing to her. Yeah, the stuff she notices first I thought was strange because 
I was trying to think like, because she notices like, I feel like the thing she noticed first, you wrote skateboarding, but I remember the cars, her being like, the cars, yeah. the cars. And yes, obviously the cars are different, but like. But you still know it's a car. Yeah, and it's, like, not that different. I mean, yes, if I, like, okay, so I'm trying to imagine, like, if I, I guess going into the past wouldn't, would be less weird because whatever. But, like, if I went 70 years in the future and the cars were all, like, Teslas or whatever, I'd be, I don't think I would be, like, so alarmed. I'd just be like, well, that's a little strange. But, like. Well, and now was, that I'm remembering, I feel like what she really reacts to is, like, you know when you press a button and your trunk closes on its own? Yeah. I feel like we see her look at that with such childlike wonder. I'm like, oh. I don't know if it's that miraculous to see. No. <laughs> but also, like, the other like the other best part about this scene was that anyone noticed her. Like, that yeah. she, she didn't, to me, I didn't think she would have stuck out. Like, I know it's a small town. I get it. And, like. But like, and she's wearing weird clothes. Like, yeah, but they're not even that weird. They're just like, oh, she's someone who like dresses a little bit frumpy, kind of. You know what I mean? Like, or like she likes vintage clothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She just looks like kind of a like retro gal. (laughs) But like, or you could be like, she's in a she's like doing caroling as they do later. That's true. There's any number of things people could assume that she is. But this young, but this young guy who like calls the police on her or like acts like he needs to call the police on her. I thought, I thought that was so strange. Like if I just saw a person, if I just saw a person that I assumed was lost because she asks for some type of directions, I forget. And he's like, are you lost? And right. Then he's, like, so concerned about her, like, doesn't just walk away like a normal teenager would. Like, he's so (laughs) concerned about this, like, random lost lady. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just, like, maybe I don't care about other people. But, like, I would not concern myself with someone who she didn't seem like a risk to herself. She didn't seem like a risk to anybody else. She just seemed like maybe she was a little confused and, like, okay, I'm going to let you have your day of confusion. Even in a small town, you don't engage with a stranger unless something very serious seems to be happening. Yeah, um, and it didn't seem that serious to me. It was just like, okay, no. she's a little weird. No. So, but you're right. So, a guy notices her walking around looking like a doof. Um, he calls the police. Then we go to... Um, a cop car in town, maybe the only cop car in town, not sure. Um, and it's Jake and Sarah who are partners. They're like joking with each other. And like these joking with each other few moments are some of the most painful, quote unquote, banter so I've ever uncomfortable. seen in so my life. So uncomfortable. Um, but they're supposed to establish that these people have known each other forever. And it's so, like, ham-fisted. Like, Jake even says, like, well, you are my little sister's best friend. Yuck, yuck. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't I don't think, like, I don't typically with my friends, new or Remind old. Remind them who they are. Of, like, how we know each other. <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's weird. You should start. You should start being, like. So, you know, I know we've known each other since we were 11, but yeah, it, it was very, it was very uncomfortable. All the, all, really yeah. all of their scenes together. I didn't, I didn't I like we'll get, their fine. No, we'll get to what I really didn't like yeah. at the end with them. But um, yeah. 
So while they're having the time of their lives ribbing each other, uh, they get a call uh, about Hannah wandering the streets. So uh, they collect her. They have nothing better to do in a small town. They have literally nothing better to do. I mean, we lived in a small town, so I know that part is true. That part rings true for me. (laughs) But um, in general, this is nuts. So... Then we arrive in a doctor's office where Hannah is being checked out. This is an important note that I added. Um, the only two black people in this entire movie are in this scene. Um, and they play the doctor and the mayor. They are in no way connected to anyone in this town, apparently. Um, that is interesting. I didn't even really, like, clock that. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So the doctor tells everyone that... Uh, Hannah is physically fine, um, but she starts asking some questions where we get the information that um, Hannah's husband died in the war, and they're like, oh, Afghanistan, and she's like, makes a face, and then she says, Normandy. Um, The doctor asks, who's president, to which Hannah replies, Truman, and then people start (laughs) to look around at each other and wonder... What should we do with this crazy woman, basically? Um, (laughs) For whatever reason, and this is how Christmas movies aren't connected to reality, Jake decides that what he wants to do is bring this clearly psychotic stranger to his family home. That's what he wants. Yeah, okay, 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 wait a second. Like... Uh, this part, this decision was obviously like super Christmas movie, but like also what? Like, <laughs> I guess like I just like still don't understand why any of them have any obligation to this person. Like, no, she I is mean, a grown even woman. Considering, yes, even considering it's a small town and they maybe don't have as many kinds of services available, like. I'm like, there has to be some sort of a shelter or an institution or a something where Or even, they like, why do you have to, like, yeah, something. Or even just, like, be like, okay, bye. <laughs> like, they well, don't know where she lives is, or anything. The thing is, is, like, and we'll talk more about how important is it that she thinks she's from 1945 shortly, but, like... The truth is, I think once you as a physician run across someone who seems to suggest that, like, a A, president who is a cognitive issue, yeah, yeah, then you actually do have a duty of care to do something, like, um, like a 24 hour hold. But the cops do something. But do the cops do it? Because those cops were just making that decision. No, like, that's the thing. I mean, I don't know enough about it, but I think what it yeah. would be is, like, on okay, part one. If you're <laughs> just a person out in the world and you truly have some sort of a mental health situation where you believe you're, like, Napoleon or you believe it's the year 2074 or whatever, you know, like, all the various yeah. delusions that people can have. You don't necessarily, yeah. like, that's not a crime to have those delusions. Right. And and it's also not, uh, like, a reason to be forcibly put into some kind of uh, asylum or institute or whatever. Right. 
you are you are fully within your rights to be delusional out on the streets of the world and do whatever you want. But yeah, just ask is, New York City. <laughs> oh, for sure. I'm sure there are people thinking right now that they're like Cleopatra walking around town. Um, oh, way worse things than is, that, I bet. But the point is, is like it only matters to like what might happen to you. One, if you end up in some sort of like situation where the police become aware of you and then they're like, we're going to put you in observation for 24 hours just to make sure uh, that you're okay. And then two, the other main Mm -hmm. factor is if you don't seem to present a danger to yourself or others, then it doesn't really matter if you think you're from 1875. Like, you know, you can just go about Absolutely. That's... Yeah, that so, was like my main so the thing. Question, she was like, it, yeah. So the question for them is they they have now become aware of this woman. So really it is the job of the police and the doctor to find some way for her to be like under observation for 24 hours essentially. Like mm-hmm. just to make sure that nothing weird happens. Um but that doesn't mean you should take her to your own home to do that like no that is a bad choice um but that is what happens in this movie uh, so, <laughs> such a wild choice it's so wild so we come to the family farmhouse which hannah recognizes because that's where she gets her milk in 1945 and when she says that jake mm-hmm. has a reaction so she's like okay level with me what year is it <laughs> she's like worked out that that's the problem. Um, yeah. And he says 2016. And I will say, though, she seems somewhat surprised by this turn of events. Um, yeah, somewhat. But she doesn't really seem that surprised. I'll be honest. No. Like, you know, she she is blubbery throughout the movie, but she is sort of chill about being 70 years in the future i mean you know she i don't know if that's like to do with candace cameron beret's acting abilities or lack thereof but like yeah she is upset about this 2016 thing for like no more than 30 seconds yeah and and then like yeah my handwritten notes say she seems to be rolling with this really well (laughs) like (laughs) totally fine Seriously. Um, so this is then, okay, then there was a, let's call it a B story that started happening. <laughs> this is my favorite. A, this was my absolute it's favorite. It's a B story. It's a B story in many ways. Um, because yeah. the woman is a B for sure. Um, <laughs> and I don't, and I truly don't even know why this is here. Like it makes no I have no, no idea. Um, I was so, like, it was like, is yeah. she supposed to be the villain of the movie? Like, stopping? I like, think so. I was trying to figure it out, but like, she was such a. She doesn't stop anything. She doesn't. No, start she doesn't anything do shit. Either, no, she, she, just, she just is just like always mad. She just complains to her poor beleaguered husband and son all the time. Oh my god! About um, so okay, we go to and this woman. Her name is apparently Belinda, according to IMDb. I never knew this. Oh, I didn't know that. Me neither. Um, so we cut from the farmhouse to her home where it looks like, I guess, she's, like, decorating the tree with her husband and son. 
And she yeah. is rampaging about the arrival <laughs> of this woman. From and the funny the thing is, the funny thing is, her son is the one who called the police, being so worried about right. this random lady. So that's like right. sort of how the connection is. But beyond that, like, how would she know this person even existed? And why in God's green earth does she care? Uh, we don't know. It's never clear. Like, I think, again, I mean, I was laughing every some... time I saw her. I every know. time I saw her and I she know. was like, she was like, this woman in that house, we know. And I'm like, why do we care? She was Like, why do we care? She was incensed in every scene. Um, and, and all we'll of, and quite frankly, her. all of them, so many of them that were trying to like prove her wrong or whatever, once they started realizing like, oh, she's saying she's from 1945, they're like, oh, we need to like prove her wrong or like prove fraud. But like, right. I, I think I said to Isaac at one point, I said, is it against the law to say you're from 1945? Like, I don't, I don't know what the fraud <laughs> is there. Unless, unless she was like saying I'm from 1945 give me all your money. Like, I don't know. Like Correct. what is the, yeah. Yeah, yeah. what is the yeah. crime? There, I, there isn't one as far <laughs> as I know. Um, so this woman is like just a bee pretty much throughout the movie <laughs> and we'll return to her occasionally. Yeah. Um, cut back to the farmhouse. Um, Jake's sister is there. Her name is Louise. She also seems suspicious. Um, but he tells her to chill. Now, this was another thing that I thought was interesting about whatever was going on with this movie. Because mm -hmm. the way his family talks to him and the way Sarah talks to him suggests that perhaps was he ever, like, defrauded in the past or something? Because they're like, just be careful. Just be really, really careful. You know you can't believe people just based on what they say and I was like what did he like yeah. lose all of his money and like an MLM from a lady or something? yeah from like a lady saying she was from 1945 did this exact thing happen once before like I don't understand that is a good point I didn't really notice that because I was just focused on the fact that that other lady was so st like stressed about it but yeah. it's so true why I just guess I didn't understand anybody's stress about this. The only thing I would have, if I were Jake's family, said was, why did you bring this strange woman to our house? Right. That's the only right. thing why, I would have said. Why did you bring this woman who perhaps is having a psychotic episode into yes. our home? Yes. Like, that's Correct. a good question. Um, Correct. Not, what do we care if she <laughs> says it's whatever year it is. Like, right. Um, but so he spends a bit of time convincing and assuaging his family's concerns. And then no sooner does he do this, than they go up to the room that they've given Hannah and she has disappeared. Um, because Problem solved. She has She's run, gone. Yeah. She has run away to her old house, um, mm -hmm. which she finds. Um, but now it is a health food store. Um... And this, I thought this was a bit strange. Like, she starts, like, berating the woman in the health food store, a.k.a. her old <laughs> home, to be like, what did you do with all my stuff? And I I mean, I don't know well, the how I would react well, the funny to thing jumping 70 years in the future, but I don't think that would be my immediate go-to thing. Well, well, I feel like... She, like this is the type of reaction you would do, you would do if you didn't yet know 
you were in another year or another time. Oh yeah, but that's she already right. she already she already, she already knows. knows. Yeah. So that so this reaction doesn't really make sense. What do you think? It's in seventy years that that's still your home and that they kept your stuff. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I wonder you would know if, that that's not realistic. Yeah. I wonder if they somehow just like shot this and forgot to like do this right. Like, maybe they did it out of order. Some of these, <laughs> Yeah, like maybe some of these scenes were meant to go earlier because then, so she freaks out. That in the would health make food more store sense. Runs away. Yeah, yeah, she freaks out in the health food store, runs away. Then she goes to the town library, which used to be the hospital in her time. She continues to freak out about this. Yeah, like, this no, is no, no, no. This is supposed to be the hospital, and I'm like, but bitch, you just learned. You already learned. Yeah, this is like, like I think that's the weirdest part about like her freak out is like when she first arrives to town. She's like mildly freaking out. When she learns it's 2016, still a only mild reaction to that. And then when she sees that things have changed in 70 years, then she freaks out. <laughs> like right. that's I weird. Mean, I guess we can't ever know what anyone's reaction to shock and trauma or whatever could be. I guess. But this does seem strange. And like particularly but if you, like, it, if someone told you you're Go in on. the year 2090, sorry, if someone told you you're in the year 2090 and you got dropped into Amherst, Massachusetts, and would you like go up to like our old house and be like, oh, where's my where's stuff? My stuff? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. That would be really weird. Or go to like the Jones Library and, and it's now like a, a gym. Some and you're like, no, thing. it's supposed yeah. to be the library. I don't know. It's just like, why would you? That makes no sense. I mean, and that's, the, I guess the thing that's more to the point is like, we don't know how someone reacts to shock and we don't know how someone reacts to time travel because we don't know that time travel, fine, fine, fine. But yeah. in movies, often movies try to provide a certain logic that life often lacks. So I'm like, yeah. so because this is a movie, there should be a logic to these, these freak outs and there isn't one. Yeah. So no. that is weird. Um, but yeah. Jake manages to find her in the midst of this freak out about the library slash hospital and comforts <clears throat> her and brings her back to his uh, family home. When she comes back, like she goes upstairs or she's over some, she's in some other place. And Sarah, this is the first time Sarah approaches Jake and basically is like, this woman is clearly trying to do a fraud game on you specifically. Like she's Sarah in particular seems to think that this is about defrauding Jake personally. Like so um, so weird. And, and she's like, so we really need to like do something about her or bring her in because this is clearly a scam. Um, (laughs) Meanwhile, uh, Jake's, uh, sister Louise and mom Gretchen have given Hannah modern clothes to try on. Um, and there's this weird shot where she comes out and she's like, hey, how do I look? And she's just wearing what, like leggings and a sweater, a sweater. or something? It's literally, like a swe- it's literally like a sweater and jeans. And they all react like she is in a ball gown. And particularly Jake, they do like this shot of like from her feet to her head, like a pan <laughs> up her whole body as though she's, it's like, and now she's hot. Look at this. And it's like, 
Because, like, what? ooh, now she's, like, a modern, now she's a modern lady. <laughs> like, I thought you looked kind of okay before, but now that you're in 2016 fashions, I really yeah. find you quite alluring in every way. Um, which is just so bullshit because that's one of those jokes that people make all the time when you look at old-timey pictures and you're like, look at this person was hot even with this weird mustache or even in this weird... Like, you can tell if someone's hot regardless of, like, if their clothes are of yeah. the moment and she or was not. <laughs> yes, and she was... Again, her clothes weren't that crazy. She was wearing, like, a little, like, coat. A dress like, a dressy and a coat and yeah. a dress. And actually, her, and, her and, heels were kind of cute. And she never changes her hair either. Her hair is always no. like oh, that fucking hair was driving me nuts. Styled. <laughs> the hair, so the hair I'm was like, driving me crazy. I mean, why was it driving you crazy? Well, I mean, I guess at first because I was thinking like I know that like it was very like typical. I don't know how to describe it. Like half up, half down. Like. Yeah. wavy pin pin curly situation like very 40s like very typical what I assume 40s is I don't know yeah um yeah, yeah. so I guess it annoyed me because I was thinking actually more of like actual women in the 40s like having to do that every morning and what a pain in the ass Fair that must have been so I was thinking about that <laughs> I guess more than anything well but they um, do show her which is true like they show her at one point when she's getting ready for bed and she's got like a whole like um, cloth around her head and yeah. like, there there would have been like pins and curlers in yeah. there. Yeah. I guess. It so what you're, what you're saying is that it's it. like, oh, okay. So you're saying it's more of a, the upkeep is more about how you sleep on it or sleep in it as opposed yeah. to like doing yeah. it every morning. Right. Yeah. Like you okay. used to do, th- I, my understanding is, well, you could do a lot of those styles on your own. What really would happen is you'd go to the salon every so often oh. and someone would get that all done up on you oh. and then your and then job you just try was to, just maintain to maintain it, it. yeah mm. so would they never um, wash their hair i have i would have so many questions about hair in the 40s there would be very light like what if you had curly washing? hair you blew, mm. like it would get all uh kind of like ironed out and stuff yeah yeah and, no and, one had curly and, hair well and not ironed out, but also like you like because you we can do this too. Like if you use big enough curlers, it like yeah. takes the weight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out. So yeah, there would be things like that happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so next the next day, I guess. Um, oh no, there is a great scene where uh, that little girl tries to explain computers to her, which is like oh, so yeah. like oh god. <laughs> Um, that's a waste of time. Then we yeah. cut to like the town restaurant where Belinda, the blonde mean lady, is bitching to her <laughs> husband more about this woman uh, for reasons unknown. Uh, this is when Tobias first hears that there's a woman in town and he like perks oh, up yeah. and leaves the restaurant. Um, oh, meanwhile, right. Jake has done some looking around and he finds Hannah's purse in the shed where she dropped it and he's using the purse to like do research to figure out like where she is or if her story checks out or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. While he's doing that, Sarah comes in and he's like, look, she has this dri- driver's license. Um, that's like super old timey. And Sarah's like, yeah, but she could have just made that at like a Kinko's or whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, 
Um, I mean, she's not wrong. If you look at what old driver's license use, licenses used to look like, um, they I were know, just I've like... I've never seen one. Uh, the vision I'm having is that they're like, like black with white writing for some reason and sort of mm. like um, laminated-ish. Uh, mm. and, th- and it would have kind of the same information it sort of has now, which is like your yeah. name and your address and some details about you, but it didn't have a picture on. Okay. So that makes sense. So that's that. Um, but Jake feels very convinced that this is like proof of what Hannah's saying. Mm-hmm. Um, Meanwhile, back at the house, Hannah is making a gingerbread house with this little girl who's there for no reason. I really don't know why they have this kid in this movie. Um, But as they're making the gingerbread house, she kind of casually mentions how she hadn't been able to do it for a while because, of course, during the war, sugar is rationed. So um, that's like just a throwaway line. We don't care about that. Meanwhile, she also, this is now when we get into this weird thing of like, I've come to 2016 to learn the meaning of Christmas, which is a bit strange. Um, Yeah. Because she tells uh, Jake's mom and sister that she's never had a big family. She's never gotten to do this big family Christmas like they're doing. um, And she's really enjoying that quite a lot. Um, She then goes up to read this little girl a story And much like the little boy she was reading to sometime before, this little girl isn't interested in the story. She wants to talk about miracles and science and how she has this science teacher named Mr. Cook, who she loves. Now, meanwhile, this suggests that at the age of 83, this guy is still actively teaching at the elementary school level, which seems Yikes. Um, yeah, I, I want this guy to be able to retire. Um, <laughs> and she also let slip. Yeah. She also let slip that Mr. Cook believes in time travel. And now of course, I love that. I love that. I love that. Cause what does that have to do with shit? I mean, I guess obviously this, it has nothing the, to do. I mean, yeah, it's a weird because, thing for a kid to just say at random. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Um, so then we return to Jake and his investigations of Hannah's, uh, like, purse items. And mm-hmm. he finds a bottle of Paris Moon perfume, which will be discussed shortly. Um, <clears throat> meanwhile, back at the farmhouse, I have, like, no awareness of how much time is passing in this movie by the way i have no, no idea what's going on uh well um, actually i think she says in the doctor's office she says december 17th and then later when they're talking about the comet i think they say december 22nd so it's like a couple oh, days okay. here and there i think okay i think okay so in this relatively shortish time she has now won the yeah. family over with her stories of how the town was in the 40s so they say oh let's go caroling like Hannah said people used to do in town. And for some reason, Mm -hmm. they feel like what they want to do is do this in the close of the 1940s. (laughs) Um, I don't know why that was a choice. So then there's this, like, montage of them going to the thrift store to buy clothes from the 40s. And as they're doing this, the bitch lady sees them 
And she's like, this is all part of some sort of massive elaborate scam. Um, which I don't know how that, I don't know what scam this could possibly be. I'm so confused. Like, I am just so, so curious what they all think that this scam is. Like, I I, don't oh my God, know. I love it. Um, meanwhile, they come back from this buying of items to find, oh wait, oh wait. Um, there's also a part where they're at the thrift store buying 40s clothes where the guy who works at the thrift store shows them a postcard of the gazebo from the 1940s and they're like oh doesn't it look beautiful with all the decorations on it because apparently between 1945 and 2016 the tradition of decorating the gazebo has stopped uh, blasphemy Well, and when when the reason, quote-unquote, as to why it stopped gets revealed, I'm like, this is fucking ridiculous. I but forget anyway, what the reason was. Oh, we'll get to it. So, okay. Um, so in this process, so his family is out buying clothes from the 1940s. Meanwhile, he and Hannah have this weird moment where they're dancing to I'll Be Home for Christmas, and then... People, Sarah, the mom, and the sister all walk in to see this, like, tender moment, I guess you could say, between them. Mm -hmm. Um, And Sarah leaves in a huff to which um, Jake is, like, very puzzled as to why she's in a huff. And his mom Mm -hmm. and his sister are like, oh, we we can't help you. Um, (laughs) Meanwhile, so then some more time passes... More time passes. We're in the police station. Sarah's still upset about having seen this dancing thing. And so she (laughs) fights with Jake about what to do with Hannah. And now she's gone full on board to this woman needs to be arrested for fraud. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's illegal to say that you're from another year. And as we discussed... Being delusional is not a crime. (laughs) And the only thing that anyone would ever be super concerned about is, will this person hurt themselves or others? Correct. And are you using this thing of saying you're from 1945 to take money from people? You know, like... Yeah, like literally what would be the point? Yeah. Otherwise, there is nothing that we can do to you. (laughs) But Sarah is convinced that she is... Actively participating in fraud. She's not um, a very good policewoman. No, she's letting her emotions get in the way a bit too yeah. much. Um, then we have the family finally going on this caroling adventure to which various townspeople join them as they go. Um, Hannah, in the process of walking around town, sees the house where she dropped off the dog for her mm-hmm. a couple nights ago. And now it's called Ruffin's House and seems to be an animal breeding place. Um, this is also when she notices that on the town war memorial, her husband's name is not on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's like, oh, what's that all about? Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, at the police station... Oh, good Lord. Bitchy Belinda is now yelling at Jake <laughs> in her loudest volume that she that and Hannah just, needs. 
Wait, just to, just like like paint a picture of what this lady looks like because I think it does help. Is like sure. she is, she's peak exactly what you would expect. I can't remember like what her outfits were. Probably like a striped shirt or something. But she's got like bleach blonde hair. It's pulled back in a very severe French twist, and um, yeah, you know she's she's exactly what you would expect basically. But just wanted to put that yeah. out there. And for, like, a busybody telling everyone else what they ought to do and not do. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she's going hard at Jake saying, you need to arrest this woman because she's tricked my son into going caroling. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's that like, that is what happens. The crime. Her son... Her son has joined the Caroline crew yes. and Belinda is pissed about it. She's incensed. Um, She's like, has he ever liked so, singing before? This is absurd. Oh, yeah, she does say that. She's like, you're <laughs> singing. <laughs> I don't know if she's meant to be like an Ebenezer Scrooge thing yeah. or what, but she's got a very weird know. vibe. There's like a very weird very energy weird. coming off this woman all the time. Now, because she's berating Jake so much, Sarah actually steps in and is like, we are managing this situation. She doesn't go out and out say, I agree with you that this woman is a fraud. But like, you know, there's something there where she was like, blonde lady to blonde lady. Don't worry about it. I'm on on to it. (laughs) Yeah. Blonde lady to blonde lady. So then Belinda leaves. And this is when Jake reveals to Sarah that he has done some research on this Paris Mune perfume and that he tells her, like, this uh, stopped being made in, like, the 60s or something. And she's like, well, she could have, like, bought that at, you know, like a antique store or whatever. And then apparently he's also had time to send this perfume to the lab <laughs> where... <laughs> Where he's proven that the bottle that it comes in hasn't oxidized, which means it hasn't rusted, which means it's still as though it's totally brand new bought, you know, in the past couple months or something. That's funny. Um, So that's the proof. That's all the proof he needs that this is all fine. Um, Then, um, well, Hannah is like folding up Back at the farmhouse, while Hannah is folding up her old clothes, a key falls out. Um, mm-hmm. And so then the next day at the farmhouse, she says something along the lines of, I think I've got a solution to this gazebo problem. And I was like, there was a, gaze- a gazebo problem? Was there a problem? What was, the, what was the gazebo problem? And has this problem ever been pitched prior to now? And was this family <laughs> super concerned about it? But what she right. means is that, and I am not kidding. So this, they go to the library slash former hospital and she's got this key and she's like, I think this key opens a door that leads to a storage room, which they find the door. It's behind some books. They go down to a basement. No one knew about like, this is where I have a hard time believing this. I'm like, this building has been around for 70 years and no one saw a door and no one tried to open that door to open and they it didn't have, exactly they didn't have blueprints on file with the town that showed that there was a whole basement level to this building 
but apparently they didn't. And so when they get to the storage room, Hannah's key opens a cabinet, which has a bunch of lights from 1945 in it. And apparently that was the last time they decorated the gazebo with lights because they couldn't find them the next year. Shut the fuck up. Oh, man, I missed that. Wait, what? The problem, the reason, <laughs> that's supposedly. Like, that's hilarious. That's, wait, that's hilarious because I feel like if that was ever, if that was just like a reason for not decorating a thing, I feel like no one would ever decorate every year, even in their house. I mean. Because the amount of things, as, especially if you have like a big house, right. you lose things or you. But that's insane. No, that's an insane ridiculous. reason. It's no, because I'm watching this scene unfold and I'm like, so you I need love to it, tell but me it's crazy. The reason that they couldn't decorate this gazebo was because they didn't the town didn't have lights that they could have they couldn't scrounge up 40 bucks to get some lights for the gazebo. And so they've not done it <laughs> for years and years. Be- no, we have to use the, the way, ones from 1945. Because <laughs> And by the way, the the very idea that lights that have been left in a cabinet for 71 years are going to still be functional is insane. Truly insane. No, 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 no. I haven't even been alive 71 years yet, and I have never once not had to replace like a string of lights even the next year every year yeah every year you yeah. have to replace at least one string like it's just <laughs> the way of the world um so yeah. she reveals these lights and again at because it's a christmas movie and because the stakes are so fucking low in this one in particular they're like <laughs> oh amazing wow great and we've the- solved this whole thing the bitchy ladies, uh, what, all like all yeah, of a sudden, like, oh, there. definitely believed you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that was the proof. This key thing was the proof that everyone needed. Um, meanwhile, yeah. Tobias, who we learn, like, runs the library, joins the group, and he says hello to Hannah, and he recognizes her, um, and is like, I've known you my whole life, or whatever. And then they go to his house, and he's like, don't you remember me? I'm the little boy that you you were reading to, like, a couple days ago from your perspective. Um, yeah, yeah. And he gives her back her camera, and he, this is when he also explains that um, when... She disappeared in 1945 uh, when he was in the hospital. The family where she brought their dog back, they came into the Mm -hmm. hospital the following day to thank her for Mm -hmm. doing that. And um, they They saw him and adopted him. Sickly boy. Yeah. Um, that family, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something about that family. That family is weird because it's they. A weird vibe. Yeah, they, first of all, their dog just like escaped randomly and they didn't even notice. Second, when the woman comes back to bring their dog, they're like, please stay. We're so thankful that we want you to stay overnight, stranger lady. Weird. And then you're telling me that the next day 
They go to a hospital to, again, thank this lady, which they've already thanked her. She brought back a dog. Like, she didn't save the world. And then they need to, and because she's not there, they're like, well, let's adopt a kid instead. <laughs> what? Correct. That, and, and then, most importantly still, the other part of this is that Clara, the baby who was crying in the background that we never saw, and we never see Clara in real life now. They didn't want to pay an actor to be Clara at any point. Um, <laughs> so Clara has become the town dog breeder. And that's why throughout the movie, there have been all of these golden retrievers everywhere. And Hannah's been so confused. And apparently this is a town where there are nothing but gold retrievers. If you've got a dog, <laughs> you've got a golden retriever. I mean, I kind of love that, not going to lie. But... Um... I I do love her. I do love a golden, but that is bizarre <laughs> to say the least. I mean, it's about to get weirder still, Amy. So oh my god, yeah, I know, because I know. Because then, then they decide to go to the nursing home where what Hannah's only remaining living friend Dottie <laughs> is. Um, oh Dottie has gone. Dottie, she has got dementia. She's non-responsive. Um, Hannah tries to yeah. speak to her to no success. Um, but what they find in Dottie's room that is very important is a postcard from Hannah from after she went missing in December of 1945. Now, here's what I think this whole lights gazebo thing happened. So, (laughs) okay. (laughs) Hannah disappears for five days in 1945. When she returns, yeah. she doesn't, I think, anyway, because they, they say, she says when she's about to return to 1945, do you think I'll remember anything? And everyone was like, we don't know, you know. Yeah. So I think she doesn't remember that she's okay. traveled to time when she comes back to 1945. Yeah, and that makes sense. Because I feel like it would. She and her husband it- moved to a different town. Yeah. So no one remembers that the lights are in that cabinet. And so then when Christmas 1946 happens, there aren't any lights. And so they stop doing the lights thing. (laughs) That is like, I love that. That's, oh my God, that's so stupid. Um, Wow. She was the only person who could put those lights on. Apparently so. She was the only person in town who knew about where those lights were. Now, Lord. The postcard also makes clear that her husband does indeed come back from the war. And, and also that she has returned. She is somehow able to get back to her own time. Um, but they right. still don't fully know how. But then Dottie somehow blubbers out the word comet. And they're like, that's it. The comet will send you back. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So... So then, yes, then we have this stopover in Toby's house again where, as you said, I have it in my notes now, that she, the day that they're speaking to Dottie is December 22nd. And Mm -hmm. this is also the night that the comet is going to come by again, 71 years in the future. Um, This is also when we get the old, um, even the smallest stone makes a ripple in the water comment right um right. this time out of the mouth of tom scarrett 
Um, because of course we now see what her purpose is because she made dogs be bred in this town. <laughs> she and lights be <laughs> lighted. Lights be lighted. Um, and also uh, most importantly, Tom Skerritt got adopted by this family. So these are the, yeah. the things she's left behind. Yeah. So what they decide to do is basically she gets into her 1945 clothes and goes in and goes and just sits in the shed. That's her whole thing <laughs> that she's doing. Um, I'm sorry. She, like, as she's about to go. Yes. No, I'm just trying to think of like when I can say the question that Isaac asked me because it was about this okay. ending. Okay. And he um, was just like, he was like, wait, he watched it all. Like, and he was awake. Sure, I know that he was. Sure, sure. And then he was like, wait. Then the next day he was like, wait, so what happened at the end of that Candace Cameron movie? <laughs> and, I, and I was like, and I was like, Ladoy, she went back in the shed. The comet came and she's like magically she back in 1945. back. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, I don't know. I'll, I'll ask my sister more about like the science of comets, but I'm pretty sure that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, this is precisely it. So she's standing outside of the shed in her 1945 clothes. She and Jake have a heart to heart because now the possible, whatever was weirdly suggested about their love potential is now done because her husband is clearly alive and that's what she is doing. Right. So she explains to him, like, oh, when Chet and I were young, we always were giving each other trouble, and he especially was, like, uh. pulling my hair and whatever, whatever. And I'm sure that's what you are doing with Sarah. And he was like, wait, why do these people uh, yeah, keep talking yeah. to you about Sarah? Like, what's this to do with anything? <laughs> and she's kind of like, you'll see. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, yeah. okay. Um, and so then she goes into the shed and, and as I've written in this outline, all I can say is to await being returned home. She literally is, just sits in the shed. Yes, that is all I can say. <laughs> because, so she goes into the shed. Meanwhile, in the town square with the gazebo, everyone is gathered to watch the comet and see the gazebo get lighted up. They're singing carols. Sarah mm -hmm. arrives. Um, and I guess everything's fine now. And then this was something I really didn't care for. So <laughs> in the, in the few moments between when Hannah tells Jake, you are, you are in love with Sarah. And now he sees mm -hmm. Sarah. What you would expect. He's gotten on board. Be this like, yes, he's gotten on board surely. But like what you would expect, or at least what I would expect in this context is like a big, massive like embrace and long kiss, like quite romantic, right? What right. actually happens, however, is a rather tepid, like side hug with one arm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he kisses her forehead. Like, yeah. And and that's it. That that's was weird. You're and, right. That was but weird. Then, but then she's got this shit-eating grin on her face as though this has, like, opened up every possibility. And I'm like... Yeah, they're, like, like they're in love now, and that's, like, that was their first yeah, kiss as a I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't really do this with my friends, but because I'm not, like, a super huggy, kissy person. But that no. is just the, the hug and kiss of a friend who you've had since childhood. That yeah, is totally. not a love kiss in my no. mind. No. 
No. Um, no, that's it's also it's so, also kind of like it's also kind of creepy because it's a little bit um it's a little bit like older, younger person type of thing. Yes. Like Yes. It's like uh, kissing your little brother or something. Yeah, sort know. of. Or like an uncle or something. Like we're like, I'm gonna yeah. do a side hug so we don't really touch and like kiss a little kiss on the forehead because like clearly not anything else. It seems a little familial, really. It just is a real puzzler. Like, I don't yeah, know if you were much like this in, like, the teen years. But, like, when I was in the teen years and, like, trying to figure out, like, interpersonal relationships. <laughs> not that I've figured them out now. But I was really yeah. clueless back in the olden days. Um, I remember yeah. being like, what do you suppose this means? Like, this behavior. Like, this means he, like... Yeah. Our fingers brushed against each other. What does that mean? <laughs> you know, like whatever. Yeah. But yeah. I feel like if this happened to me, I'd be like, what does that mean? Like it is confusing. It is definitely confusing, especially because I we are supposed to I mean, we're clearly supposed to take it as if that's a romantic, like they're now a couple thing. Right. But it's just like right. patently not that. Maybe it's because, like, I know that Hallmark, you know, it might be a Hallmark like the thing. family, you know, yeah. like they're they're like even too passionate of a kiss is somehow not good. It for might be because if you or it, something, you're you, you're absolutely right. I bet you that's probably what it is. To be honest, because but if I've not watched that just many kiss on the lips or something. Well, if even if you think about, did they kiss like? Oh, I, I guess we'll get to it, but, like, when she sees her husband at the end, do they kiss? I can't remember. Maybe they do. Ah, uh, maybe. Or maybe they just hug. Maybe. Maybe they just hug. I think they... I can't remember. I think... I can't remember either. So, anyway, everyone's singing. Everything seems great. The comet passes over the town. The next morning... So, here's the thing. The next morning, it is daylight, and that's when they decide to open the shed to see if Hannah is still there. <laughs> I'm like, I, what would have been great is if they'd, if they, oh my God, the minute would have been so great is if they had opened that and she had frozen to death in there. Like, right. She got hypothermia in there (laughs) and died. But luckily, miraculously, and also they locked her in. They had to unlock the shed to. Yeah. What the F? Um, but oh happily God. it's empty and everyone's like, ah, oh, she was always telling the truth. It's worked and great and great. <laughs> Meanwhile, Toby, Tobias, has developed the pictures from Hannah's camera. I don't know why he hasn't done this in the 70 years. Yeah, that makes now. no sense. But anyway, uh, he, he has developed the pictures and then the final contribution that somehow Hannah is held responsible for is that that couple that got engaged at the beginning of the movie were Jake's mom's mm-hmm. parents. Oh and so my it's like, goodness. oh, she did, did even more than we realized. And I'm like, but she, how did she make them get engaged? Like, what did she, did she do for that? She like, just took their picture. Um, <laughs> but that's I think they maybe the said they introduced, she introduced them or something. I guess maybe that's what it's. I can't remember. But then the final scene, Hannah has returned to the past and she's digging her car out of the snowbank. And now, do so. So we know from various context clues, although the movie does not tell us this, 
that mm-hmm. she has to have been missing in 1945, and people knew she was missing in 1945. Yeah. And no one undug so, her car? No one undug her car in the five days she was gone. And yeah, that's like, rude. And the police didn't take it to look for evidence, and now that she's back, she's left to undigging it out of the snowbank again. And yeah, and no one sees her and is like, oh my God, you're back. Want to help? <laughs> well, and, the, <laughs> or anything? and happily, the one person who finds her is her supposedly dead husband, who just walks up right as she's doing this and is like, do you think your husband can help you with that? And she's like, I, oh, and, and you're I right. Did I, hate that line. I did hate that line. I did hate that line. Yes, and I... And I don't know if they actually show them kissing or not. I'm honestly not sure. I'm and now thinking look, that I'm now thinking that maybe it was just a hug, like because I think maybe you're yeah, onto something. I think, I think it was an embrace where you know the final shot was like her face over his shoulder, like so yeah, happy, something like that. Your back, kind yeah, of something thing. like that. I think it's a hallmark thing now that I'm thinking about it because yeah, if I think of I think like so. I've. I've not watched that many Hallmark Christmas movies, but I think they're pretty tame when it comes to, like, yeah. any yeah. suggestion of sex. Yeah, I think that's right. So, now, did... So, we answered Isaac's question about... Yeah, I was... I, yeah, I mean, I just woman. basically was like, she went in the shed, the comet came, and she went back. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, that is... Boom, boom, boom. We're all done here. Um, so, that's it. That's the movie. Journey, we journeyed back to Christmas. Um, oh, yeah. So, uh, yawns and eye rolls, starting with yawns. One yawn is I was, like, swept up into the magic of this Christmas film <laughs> from the start. And ten yawns is I was a big, fat Scrooge, and I hated every second. What would you give this movie? I mean, okay. I don't know. If, I, feel like, I feel like it's weird to give it a one. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> Like <laughs> that's a little crazy for like this movie. I mean, you but I were very like, much more I was engaged like, than Brazil. Yes, and I, so like I would say two. I mean, I had like my moments of like, what is this crazy Belinda lady? Like, why is she so like all of that kind of stuff? There's lots of like silliness with that. But yeah, like no, I was I was in it too. Yeah, I mean, I would also say for a two because as you often say, there's always some room for improvement. Um, yeah, of course, but. Yeah, I mean, it's so short, you can't really get too bored of it, no yeah. matter what is going on. Um, though, for me, and, and, the I mean, blurriness didn't help. That sucks. That's, that really, that would have been troublesome for me, too. But, like, and if this was, like, um, an hour 24 of, like, other things, I could probably get bored a lot faster, and I know that I have. Um, I mean, we've literally watched things that are, sure. like, 22 minutes, and yeah. I've gotten bored. So, I but know. this just happens to be, like, <laughs> my wheelhouse of like Your I can favorite. concentrate on this Your true garbage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um so okay and then eye rolls, one eye roll being what do you mean <laughs> this doesn't make sense? And <laughs> 10 eye rolls being like this is an exercise in like dis- suspension of disbelief. <laughs> what would you Ooh. give it? Uh-oh. Ooh, that's a tough one. Because while I was totally in it and, like, bought it and everything, it is bonkers and, like, fully scientifically unsound. Um, And I, like, 
But then again, it's like a time travel movie. Like how much? I think I might do in the middle. I like a five mm. because like I was definitely in it, but it's also crazy. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually I'm I'm gonna go a bit higher than I might <laughs> normally. I'm gonna go for an eight here. Wow. On, okay. On roll scale, mainly because. Well, as you say, when it comes to our time travel films, of which we've watched many at this point, the science and the explanations often are a bit light on the ground or are so belabored as to be almost unintelligible. Yeah. And that's that's just kind of a nature, that's an element of those films. Yeah. But this is like so glossed over that I'm just like, (laughs) is this and like particularly like the the very idea that this entire town couldn't find lights for 70 years nor could they buy oh, that them. is insane i'm like that's insane what but also are this, you talking about <laughs> yeah but also the science of just her getting swept up in whatever like time travel comet right. this is like how come no one else right. time traveled and is it and is it the comet that's a part of it, or is it the shed that's a part of it? Like, is the shed the time machine? <laughs> yeah, they don't really make that clear. <laughs> she, because she like has to go in the shed to for them, yeah. the magic of the comet to work, I guess. And like, what if? So like, if if say Jake had gone in there with her, and yeah, would, they, he, would also, he have gone back to nineteen forty five? Oh, that'd be a good sequel. <laughs> journey forward to Christmas. (laughs) Um, They should do a sequel of this. um, Well then, of course, um, finally, did you like this and would you recommend it? (laughs) Um, uh, Yes, I did like it. Would I recommend it? That's that's difficult. Um, (laughs) I feel like I would have to... I feel like I would have to know the person I was recommending to. Um... But, yeah, I think I would. Like, overall, I would. I'd be like, if you like a silly fucking Christmas movie where it's about, like, time travel, it makes no fucking sense. But, it's like, yeah, go for it. Like, it's a Christmas movie. So, again, like we were saying before, the bar for Christmas movies and reality and, like, silliness is, like, a different level. So, I wouldn't feel embarrassed to have recommended this, I guess. (laughs) Because, technically, Um, I did. I was the one who decided for us to watch this. So. Yes, you did. Um, so I would say I liked this. I don't know that I would recommend it. Um, <laughs> because even in the realm of Christmas films, um, which are legion and many, um, <laughs> this kind of... Yeah, you can find better. Of course you can find better. There's like yeah, no way this is the better. best Christmas you movie. Find, you can even find better Hallmark level. Christmas movies, yeah, probably. to my mind, yeah, um, better than this. And because, yeah, there's just like some head-scratchy things here where I'm like, mm, <laughs> if you had just sort of followed that thread to its logical conclusion, I think I would have appreciated this more than what it has turned out to me. Um, yeah, that's fair. So, yeah, that's my feeling. Yes, I liked it. No, I wouldn't <laughs> recommend it. So, not... Regardless, listeners, if you care to watch this film, um, it's around. You can find it if you're in the you U.S. Can find it. Fuss. In, the, in Australia, it's a bit more of a fuss. Um, yeah. But 
we hope you're enjoying the Christmas season. We are certainly enjoying, <laughs> um, if not the watching of these films, the talking about it is going fabulously. Um, <laughs> and we <laughs> hope that you're maintaining your san- sanity in this kind of probably a return to quote unquote normal Christmas this year. Um, yeah. Which can, which will probably be a lot for all of us. Um, so uh, I am Sarah and I'm here with Amy and we will see you next week in space. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of See You Next Week in Space. This is a production by Amy and Sarah Walsh with artwork provided by Riley Brown. If you'd like to learn more about our show, please check us out at seeyounextweekinspace.com or follow us on Instagram at seeyounextweekinspace. Until the next one.